Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? I am doing pretty good this morning. Still waking up a little bit on my second cup of tea. I feel that. Yeah, I know before we started recording, I said I needed to get more tea because it's kind of my security blanket. (laughs) Yeah, I've sucked mine down really fast. I'm supposed to sip tea and I have not been sipping it. I've been gulping it. (laughs) We're supposed to sip tea. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. I think, aren't you? Isn't that the proper way to do tea? Aren't you supposed to sip it? I don't remember learning about like the, how to do tea now that you mentioned Like a it. tea party, you know, you have the little cups and, and little saucers and you sip <laughs> out of it. <laughs> oh, shoot. You've been doing it wrong this whole time. But I think maybe oh, you no. only have to sip. Maybe you only have to sip it's one of those really fancy little teacups. Okay. If it's well, a mug. I have like a honking mug, so. Yeah. So I'm thinking a honking mug is more like drinking like out of a beer beer. style. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. I've been drinking it like a beer. That's perfect. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have to get team cups that are the size of like beer mug stein things. Yeah. Yeah. This is not enough tea is my whole point. Yes. That's the whole point. How are Uh, you this morning? A little tired. Well, usual. What's new? My fatigue has been really bad this last week. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason. And the numbness in my right arm is driving me crazy. Oh, yeah. This is the same as it has been or more? Numb? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's probably gone, gotten a little worse. Oh, it seemed no. like it got a little better, but now it's a little worse. And I just really can't feel anything with my right fingers, which is annoying. So annoying because when you're visually impaired, you use your fingers, or I do anyway, they're like an extension of my vision for me. Mm -hmm. So my hand is how I locate things, I feel for things. And so I'm right-handed and it's my right hand and I can't type on my, after I got my, I got my fancy large print keyboard. Yeah. So excited about that. Then my arm goes numb and I try to type. And I just, I can't feel the keys, so I can't really um, type. It's, you know, it's just one more thing. And then yesterday I had to get my blood for my functional medicine neurologist, I call her, 28 vials of blood. Oh my God, Sherry. I know. And I've done this multiple times now. It's a crapshoot when I go to the, the lab mm-hmm. to get my blood drawn. Depends on what technician is there? I think, what are they called? Phlebotomists, I believe. Uh-huh. I think so. Which I really like that word. So you I like that word just, a lot? Okay. I, I do, you wanna say, do you want to say it one more time? <laughs> yeah, I do. The phlebotomist. Ooh. <laughs> it's like, that's why I, I was like, I can call him a technician, but I really want to say phlebotomist. Okay. But, you got one more in there. That's good. And I wish you could see oh, my arm. Oh, a big bruise. Can you see my... I do. And oh, I have two huge bruises. Oh my yeah. gosh. And also on this side as well. I had to do both arms because it was so much blood. They stuck me eight times. Uh, and they still didn't get all 28 vials out of me. No. Oh my gosh. I have to I have to go back again. Which is frustrating because I've done this, like I say, multiple times. And I'll go in there and if I get the right phlebotomist, they poke <laughs> me one time. And get all 28 vials. There's a big difference between, you know, because I think 
I'm tricky. My body's on to me. Mm. <laughs> you know, my body's like, yeah, my blood flows to stay inside of me, not outside of me. I, so, need, I need all of it. Yeah. And so my veins collapse and stuff. So it's not 100% the phlebotomist's uh. fault, but just some seem to have the knack more than others. Yeah. That sounds exhausting and a little bit traumatizing by itself. I know. And it should have been more traumatizing than it was. And it should have been, you know, I had a couple people trying to poke at me and I don't know, I've just been doing this for so long that I just don't even have it in me to get irritated with people anymore. It's like, I know they're just doing the best job they can. I really do. I mean, I can tell that they're just trying their best. And so I don't really get angry or irritated where I know a lot of people do because I hear them in there. People are mean sometimes and rude and and I just like, I just don't do that. And so well, it's a regular occurrence in your life. Yeah. Doesn't do me any good. I mean, I used to get really frustrated when I was younger and, but now I don't know. Take I've, cha- I've changed. Yeah. I'm not, I just love everybody. I love these people for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you. <laughs> I've never met them before in my life. <laughs> like I don't have energy to get irritated, but also I love them. I don't know. I was like, I didn't think it was just that you don't have the energy. I was like, I bet there's love in there. Let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to just tell them, oh, it's okay. You're doing a good job. Everybody has a hard time. I just rather do that because it's probably, I don't know. I just think one of those jobs or doing that job could be trying just because I see a lot of different patients going through there that are very short rude, just not polite or kind. And I see the technicians, the phlebotomists being so patient with everyone. I often will tell them just, I don't know, maybe I'm other people tell them or I often just say, you know, I hope that you know that you're special, the way that you can remain calm and patient with all these people that come through here that are not so <laughs> nice to you. <laughs> so you're sitting there getting poked eight times. Yeah. And empathizing with the phlebotomist. Yes. Phlebotomist. Yes. Phlebotomist. Phlebotomist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they didn't get all the vials and you have to go back again. I do. Yeah. Uh, I know. Go empathize with them more. Some more. Yeah. Some more. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Sherry. That sounds, I know that's you're empathizing with them, but that sounds hard. I'll tell you what keeps me going with that is that this particular doctor, I believe she's a unicorn and she's helped me so much. Mm. And she's the first doctor that's ever really, really looked, you know, that's why she's getting 28 vials of blood. So she can really see but, what's going uh, on with me and try to yeah. help me as best that she can. She's trying to help with the numbness. Yeah, that will be part of what she's looking at. But, you know, I get swelling, my brain encephalitis, mm. you know, and so that can cause just like weird neurological stuff, you know. So so I think she looks for heavy metals in me. You know, she's been getting rid of those for quite a while and we've been successful. Mm-hmm. She looks at all the viruses that I have, which I have a gazillion of them, mm-hmm. but chronic uh, mononucleosis or chronic EBV, it's called. I have that. 
And mm-hmm. so it's like I live with mono on top of everything. Is that Epstein Bar? Yep. Yep. Epstein Bar. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then I just have some other ones, but that's my trickiest culprit. That one in the lime. Borealia, Bergdofi, I don't know, whatever. Something. Oh my gosh. So she's trying to subdue these viruses. She's trying to eliminate and try to get rid of some of the lime critters. I call them critters. <laughs> is it, if you call them critters, though, are you, does that make you end up empathizing with them? I do. Is that, is, that is a risk for you. It is. I know. <laughs> it is. Because I think, oh, they're only just trying to survive. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do another episode on empathy. And I don't know if that goes along with the highly sensitive person stuff. Probably does, oh, but we will. Yeah. So what's going on with, in your world? Oh my gosh. I haven't been on the struggle bus in that way at all that you're talking about. And, okay. and I'm, I feel really sad for you. You're not having the ability to feel your keyboard because I know that like typing, writing is such a big part of like brings you to life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really hope that they figure out a way you can type. It'll come back eventually. It has been coming and going, hasn't it? Yeah. The only thing is, is my hand has never come back. So oh. it started in the right side of my head, my neck, shoulder, chest, back, all the way down, and my, then my entire right arm. But now it's kind of only just from my elbow down. That part has improved and the coordination of it has improved. But the damn numbness, it's like pins and needles inside your hand all the time it's mm-hmm. like when you're do sitting for too long and your leg falls asleep like falls whatever. asleep or something it's like that yeah and when it starts waking up that feeling of the yeah it's all like that all the time all the time yeah so i just have to try to i breathe i do a lot of breathing yeah i mean it's so hard because i know that you've gone through kind of the darkest places and come through on the other side with this like new experience out of like a deeper love Mm -hmm. but then it's like the universe finds a way to throw one more thing at you that's like well (laughs) what about this one it's like but but why i know why Uh uh-huh i do i mean i have my moments when it first happened i was like huh and my first reaction i think i told you this but my first reaction was i thought i got bit by a bug (laughs) i know yeah yeah, I know. I don't know what that's about, but I guess it's just, I don't know. It's just my journey. It's my body's journey this time around. And I'm just here to support it. Mm. And I just kind of have learned that now that I, I mean, this sounds weird, but I'm almost like my body's spirit guide. <laughs> you are your body's spirit guide. Yes. You said, this is my body's journey and I'm just here to support it. Yes. <laughs> I think that's worth repeating. I'm writing it down. I know you love to write things down. I have a lot of things that you've said written down on random pieces of paper in random places. That's funny. This is my body's journey and I'm here to support it. I feel like that's a really, a really loving way to go through the world. Yeah, it is very helpful, especially when you're living in a body that has multiple things going on. So can't really fit into the world that everybody else seems to be living in. Yeah, you have to show up for you. Yeah, that's what you have to do. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah. So I know that we had talked about being on the struggle bus. Yeah. So we can talk a little bit about our struggle bus experiences, but do you want to talk about where that concept came from? Because I think, didn't it come from my son? Your son was talking about it one day. Yeah. And I think it's, we had been talking about this idea of when people say, how are you? Yes. When for you, when you have things going on, like your hand is numb and you can't type and all these things that you don't know where things are going to go. I mean, just like, hey, how's it going? And then I think in general right now, too, with the pandemic, there's a sense of like, do we put a disclaimer on the beginning of every response to that question? Like, oh, you know, considering the collapse of civilization, pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Considering I don't, my body's, I don't know what my body's going to do tomorrow. Pretty good. (laughs) Or like, how do we answer the question? How are you? And there's like so much big stuff going on underneath the surface. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. I think everybody has it, right? I mean, in some way, there's something going on under the surface with everybody. There's probably something going on. Yeah, there's probably more in there. We didn't have a good answer for that until your son started talking about the struggle bus. I don't know why, but yeah, it was my husband and my son. We were sitting eating lunch and he mentioned one of his friends or somebody was on the struggle bus. And that's the first time I'd ever heard that. You know, just washed over the table, like in and out. My husband didn't react to it, nothing. And I was just like, hold up. This is, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) You're just like, somebody stop everything because (laughs) struggle bus (laughs) has just hit me. Like a cannonball, <laughs> or you're like, oh, 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 like a bus. Oh, like a bus. <laughs> that was so obvious, but no. <laughs> I, I went. I went with cannonball. Cannonball bus. Okay. <laughs> the struggle bus hit me like a bus, <laughs> and I couldn't let it go after that. I'm like, that is so perfect, especially for people who, well, for anybody really in general, but for those of us living with chronic health shit. When people ask, how are you? It's like, oh, I'm on the struggle bus. And it's a light Mm -hmm. way to respond. Mm -hmm. You know, it has a little lightness and humor to it, but it also is letting them know that I'm not like super awesome Uh (laughs) on the struggle bus right now. And then we, we really got going on it. And I loved when you said, well, could the struggle bus be snuck in the stuck in the snowbank? I'm like, oh, that is a thing. Yes. Like sometimes the struggle bus is just like going along smoothly on a scenic highway, but not one of those scenic highways that's on like a steep cliff with a huge drop off, but a very safe, easy ride. And other times the struggle bus might be have a flat tire or an ornery passenger or. <laughs> I don't know, get hit by a cannonball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that could happen. And, and, and it really helped me because I was really, I was on the struggle bus. And I don't know if I ever actually get off the struggle bus. But like you say, there's different levels of struggle bus. And when you're, you know, my husband, he always asks me, how are you? And how are you feeling? And it gets annoying saying, telling him, well, today it's this, that, 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 that. And instead I said, hey, 
I'm on the struggle bus. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh. And so he called me again. I don't know if he's out of town or whatever. And he called me and he's like, are you still on the struggle bus? I said, Aww. I am still on the struggle bus, but I now have two flat tires. And mm-hmm. he laughed, we laughed and mm-hmm. it conveyed my state. And at the same time, he's like, I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. But it, yeah. it's just, I don't know. It just added a little bit of something uh, that I was missing mm-hmm. because I like that visual. I also like the visual that other people are on different struggle buses. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on their own struggle bus. And some people are on the same struggle bus as you. And some people are on the same struggle bus. But right, we were talking about having different lines for the buses. And my husband's on, I don't want to feel my feelings struggle bus. On his, I don't want to feel my feelings struggle bus, <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> it doesn't always cross into the lane of the chronic no. struggle bus. Mm-hmm. But by talking about your struggle buses, you're like coming up with a language where like if somebody's on there, I don't want to or don't know how to feel my feelings struggle bus. It's a way of still sort of letting them feel feelings. Oh, we have sort of letting them understand your feeling. Yeah. And you know what it does for me too, is it's a visual, which is so funny for me because you think, well, you're visually impaired. <laughs> it's like, well, but it's total sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a good visual for me mm-hmm. for when I think, well, I expect him to react differently or I want something more from him than he's giving me or whatever. Right. For That yeah. could be an, anybody in anybody's life. Right. And then if in my mind, I visualize us on little buses. Oh, and it's so cute. Right, and he's on his little bus and I'm on my little bus and then it's okay. (laughs) Then I'm like, oh, he's just on the different bus than I'm in. It's okay. And you know, yeah. yeah. And I don't have any, I know I've said this in the last episode too, but I don't have anywhere near the level of the chronic health shit that you have. I just have progressive hearing loss. And then when I get flare-ups, it puts me on a struggle bus and I've learned to control, I've been able to, lucky enough to control the flare-ups with a lot better with the diet that I'm on. That's fantastic. But I definitely have these experiences when I have a flare-up and hearing gets worse and I realize it and somebody's talking to me and it's just like, I'm just in this like, a moment of awareness of the quiet and the ringing. I feel so separate from everybody and everything. And it's like never going to be okay. It hasn't, this hasn't happened in a long time, but I'm just thinking about that as a, if I would have been able in those moments to say to whoever I'm with, like, oh, I'm on the struggle bus right now. It just like totally pulled me out of it. Yeah. Maybe not feel so separate and so alone. Yeah. And it's like putting words to something that feels sometimes like there's no, there aren't really words that get it, the feeling of it. No, there's not. Like you can put words to what's happening. Like for you, like my hand is numb, but that probably doesn't get it. Like the core of what that experience is like. Exactly. Yeah. But struggle bus is like, it's just, I love it. I do too. I I mean, it's, I don't know. And then it also gives you the freedom of not feeling like you're complaining or you're dumping all your stuff onto somebody. That's not something I like to do. But, you know, I think it's funny something you just said, by the way. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't really have any chronic shit like you do or whatever, which is true. All Mm -hmm. I have is progressive hearing loss. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm thinking <laughs> that's a pretty uh, big thing to deal with on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. Okay. So that's, it's funny. Thank you for checking me on that. What I meant was that I don't have chronic illness in terms of feeling sick. Right. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, that's true. But yeah. that can't downplay the experience of and even though you're saying you don't have that, but you do have to like you say you're controlling flare-ups with diet. Well, that's chronic for you. I mean, it's mm, like I can't right. just other people you hang out with, right? They can walk in to a place and eat whatever food they want to eat and be done yeah. with it. It's like that you can't do that or you suffer from it. I have chronic cheese loss syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) I miss, I do. I really miss cheese. I want to say CCS, chronic cheese loss, CCLS. CCLS, chronic cheese loss syndrome. (laughs) Every day, I go through every day with no cheese. (laughs) Wake up in the morning. No cheese. No cheese. That's you dream what? about cheese. I swear to God, you told me about a dream where you had cheese platters. On I did. <laughs> that was so funny. I had a dream. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I forgot. It was great. That was a good dream. <laughs> I had a dream. Um, and Sherry knows, you know, that I'm like, I'm very attentive to my dreams and the, yeah. the meaning, deeper meaning of them. And get a lot of guidance from my dreams. And I had this dream about a month ago where I was jumping from cloud to cloud in the sky and each cloud had a different type of cheese, different type of cheese on it. And I could eat all the cheese I wanted. (laughs) It's Um, so hilarious. The best dream. Right? Yeah. How do I repeat these dreams? How do I somehow manage to have this dream on a regular basis, right? Yeah, I could have cheese every night. But then do you wake up in a panic? Because I've had dreams I oh, I ate bread, right? I'm not supposed to have gluten. And I, in my dream, I'm eating like bread or pie or something. And I wake up freaking out like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Then I it's like, it, oh, it's yeah. okay. That's true. I haven't woken up freaking out, but I've only had the one cheese dream so far. Oh, oh. So far. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sherry's making an empathy face right now. I am. (laughs) Only the one cheese dream. I'm so sorry. I know I am. (laughs) You're like, my hand is numb and I don't know when it's going to get better, but I'm so sorry. You've only had one cheese dream. I am. I (laughs) I truly am. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I wish you more cheese dreams. <laughs> May we all have more cheese dreams. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so what are we doing? What else are we going to talk about? Well, I did have another struggle bus relevant thing come up recently, which is, I don't remember if I told you that I was applying for the Deaf Cultural Studies program at like community college. No, you did not tell me that. So I applied for a program called Deaf Cultural Studies, which is sort of part of an interpreter. It's like part of an interpreter program, but interpreter program light. Okay. So I wouldn't be doing any of the interpreter classes, Mm -hmm. which is good because I 
can't interpret very well because I would be like, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Do they interpret in sign language though? Or what do you uh, mean interpreting? Uh, interpreting from spoken English to sign ASL to sign language. To so sign language, yeah. And back. Yeah. So but so the, the But you can't hear the speaker. I can't hear the speaker. So I'm not doing the interpreter program <laughs> because that wouldn't go well. No. <laughs> Let's just say, and there's subset of that program. It's part of that program, but you don't take all the classes. You don't do the interpreter skills classes. It's just learning about deaf okay. culture. And the whole wow. program is like a year-long immersion in ASL. And wow. so I have applied for this program because I really want to get proficient in ASL. Yes, definitely. Um, as my hearing loss progresses, it, it, it would be really great to yes. do that. And yes. I didn't get in. Oh. <laughs> like I, I failed the entrance exam. No, you did not. I failed it, Sherry. You don't <laughs> fail anything. I've what never, is happening? I've never failed an entrance exam. Yeah, and you I don't. Have you failed any exam ever? <laughs> I don't recall having failed an exam. I, I do remember an April Fool's joke that my math teacher did in third grade that made us think we failed and I didn't get over that for one week <laughs> and it was not true <laughs> it was horribly mean though how but, dare he yeah well so that's uh, just an indicator of how upsetting it is to you to yeah. not not uh I'm sorry that sucks oh thank you I was they said that I wasn't proficient enough but I'm trying to get in in order to get proficient. But also, I was talking to a friend about this situation and she got really angry on my behalf. And I was like, I'm not angry. Why? What? Yeah. Um, but part of what happened was that the exam, the first part of the exam, even though I'm not applying for the interpreter program, mm -hmm. the first part of the exam was to watch a video of somebody doing a TED talk in English, mm -hmm. like spoken English. And to say it back, like right after them, you would say, I'm on the struggle bus. And then I'd be like, I'm on the struggle bus <laughs> right after them. Yes, yes. And I tried to do that, but I was like, I can't, it's too fast. I can't hear. I don't know. I can't understand what she's saying. It's too hard. And that was like the beginning of the exam was basically, it felt like a hearing test. Yeah. I'm getting angrier and angry as you're speaking. Yeah. And it didn't occur to me to get angry about it because I, I was just like, they're just not going to use this party for the other program. And, well, that would make sense. Yeah. But I was so flustered after that, that I missed the instructions on the next section and it was recording me and I just sat there doing nothing. Because they just freaking, I want to use bad language. Oh, do they it. Just, <laughs> no, I just okay. want to say, they just fucking traumatized you. Well, I don't think I was traumatized. It was well, stressful. it would traumatize me. Okay, well, maybe it's not the literal sense of trauma, but yeah. it's extremely upsetting. It made me realize is how much we miss. I don't think that's called a microaggression, but it's definitely like there's some sort of ableist something. Yes, for sure. In the deaf cultural studies program, it's infuriating. Uh, yeah, I ended up, I felt bad about myself. Like I remember, like, mm -hmm. I remember it was like a few days ago. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember way back when, yeah, yeah the exam was a month ago, but I got the results a few days ago after the 
exam, I just had these thoughts like I, I feel stupid. What why couldn't I pass this test? And, you know, stuff like that. But it just made me realize about how much you can miss that ableism or microaggressions and just yeah. think like, oh, I'm I didn't do a good job. I'm bad at tests, I guess, even though I've never you've never been bad, been at, bad tests, at tests ever. before. And it has huge implications too. Like so for me, it's fine if I don't do it's fine if I don't get in. I could do you know other ways of learning ASL. But, right. But they're like as for somebody else, if that was like that was their only plan or their <laughs> only option, you know. I just feel like a strongly worded letter needs to be sent. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. somebody needs to bring this to their attention because yeah. why are you subjecting a person with hearing loss? to having to try to hear something Mm -hmm. that, so that's actually set up for people without hearing loss, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So So it's set up for people without hearing loss to become interpreters. Yeah. It's not designed obviously for, but you said, yeah, right. But you said I have hearing loss, so I don't want to do that part. I want to do the other part so that I can immerse myself into this world which yeah. is the best way to learn, yeah. like you say, a new language. You immerse yourself into yeah. that. And how dare they <laughs> put someone with hearing loss in that part? They need to know about that. Yeah. Now that I'm talking to two people about it who've gotten this angry. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel my blood pressure rising. Oh, no. Um, I know. It's okay. But it's just stuff like that bothers me. Yeah. But it would not have occurred to me in a million years to take any action whatsoever to advocate on my own behalf because it didn't, you know, when we're inside of something, I don't notice it. I notice it so easily for other people. Yeah, it's probably the same for me. I'm sure it's like that for a lot of people. Like I don't notice it while it's happening. And then I tell somebody about it and they're like, wait, what? (laughs) How is that? Yeah, I don't know. I think we deal with stuff like that a lot when we have a sensory loss, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, right? Everywhere you go. And I try to say, you know, oh, I'm visually impaired. And people just really don't know what that is. Yeah, like the world is centered. There's a particular person that the world is created for. And they usually don't have any kind of disabilities or chronic shit. That person that the world is centered around, but we get so used to it. Yeah, I have to laugh at, like when I go to my specialist for my eyes, that they hand me papers to fill out. Oh, yeah. Like an eye specialist. It's like, this is your specialty, people. It would be okay if they handed me something with really large, super thick black print. Right. Like okay. if they were paying attention to your vision. <laughs> the yeah. eye doctor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and these people are not just not your basic ophthalmologist. These are special, like they glaucoma specialist, retina specialist. It's very interesting to me. I don't know what it is, but I get irritated with it. And I look at it and, I, and what do I do? Just like you, I don't say anything. I sit down with my readers, my super de duper magnifying readers mm-hmm. and kill myself trying to fill this fucking yeah. thing out. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's little spaces to write in where if I'm going to write to see what I'm writing, I have to write really, really big. Uh-huh. So then there's that. And then there's also, I guess we're we're getting off topic, but then there's also the, like different times I go to different things. Like you go to the dentist and they have consent forms 
that you have to sign on like an iPad now. And they'll hand it to me in poor lighting and it's super small. And because of the way my vision is, it takes me a long time to read anything Mm -hmm. because I I have to read really slow now because I can't see it the way you're supposed to see it. And it happens every time. It's like, I have been coming to you to the same dentist for years and mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And I've had the same dental hygienist. For, and it's like, at what point are you guys going to realize yeah. that I can't see this when you hand it to me? And I have to tell them every, every single, single time. time. And yes. Yeah. And it's just like, they're, they know you. They well, know I guess, me. I guess they don't know you. Apparently not. But even then, it's like, it's just... It's just a little frustrating. I don't ever say anything. I don't, but you, like you like and, you say, we're not advocating for ourselves in the moment. Yeah. Do you get mad in the moment for yourself? Do you notice it or like get angry for yourself in the moment? I feel like I do a little bit. Like I have okay. a little reaction inside my body, Yeah, but I don't show it on the outside of my body. You know, I have a little bit of a, really? Mm-hmm. And then I also think, why am I not standing up for myself more? In these situations, when I go to an I and they hand me a clipboard with a bunch of papers to fill out and sign that are regular print, you know, this small print. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like we have it. I think we do a lot of stifling of anger. <laughs> I think so. As people with disabilities and yeah. chronic shit. And then also yeah. women, it's women. Mm-hmm. conditioned to stifle the maybe that could be its own episode maybe we'll do it yeah because we've gotten off topic of the struggle bus and i have to say this mm-hmm. we'll do that we'll talk more about it at some other at a later date this is our really officially our first podcast because our first one was just us introducing <laughs> very exciting because <laughs> yeah. the first one was just us introducing kind of or giving a background on who we are and why yeah. we're so this one is kind of our very first one of us just having a conversation and, and whatever, talking. and mm-hmm. um, So we'll get better as we go along. But I don't know. I think this isn't so bad. We didn't one really thing stick I, to our topic that well. Like no, that. but I have to say the struggle bus. The best thing is people are like, how are you? I'm like, oh, triple A came, fixed my flat tires <laughs> <laughs> on my struggle bus. But I can see people's face will light up a little bit. Oh, it's like, that's so good. You know, it's like, Oh, so like, you know, people get excited about that. That AAA has come and fixed my tires. So you have incorporated the struggle bus into your conversations with lots of different people at this point? Yes, I have. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, it's across the board. I'm I'm queen of the struggle bus now. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have taken us away from the struggle bus. Oh, no, it's we're weaving it in and out. But because we're our topic is struggle bus, kind of, you know, in mm-hmm. quote marks. But I do want to just bring up when you texted me the other day mm-hmm. about generally we'll talk about the struggle bus on our first episode, but I think autocorrect or whatever changed it to snuggle bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want to be on the snuggle bus. <laughs> Not the struggle bus, the snuggle bus. Isn't that fantastic? I, I love, love it. it. I completely noticed it. And I was like, absolutely, keep send. <laughs> You're probably like, she's going to see it. She's Auto-correct. 
My other friend knows me. (laughs) I would have totally left that because it never popped into my mind. The word struggle and snuggle are so close. And I love the idea of, you know, maybe you hop off the struggle bus for a little bit and hop on the snuggle bus just to get a little re, uh, (laughs) you know? I mean, I think that we need that self-compassion in order to get through uh, what's going on on the struggle bus. Yeah. Or maybe you could say I'm on the struggle bus, but I really need to be on the snuggle bus right now. (laughs) It's like there's a snuggle bus driving parallel to the struggle bus. A snuggle bus driving parallel to the (laughs) snuggle bus. Nope. (laughs) That's difficult for me. Let's try that again. There's a snuggle bus driving parallel to the struggle bus. You passing out, passing out like blankets and (laughs) beer steins full of tea. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. It does massages who hops over from the snuggle bus to the struggle (gasps) bus. Oh my gosh. We're on to something here. Yeah. Yeah. Great visuals to just play with when you're in the depths of, oh my God, not again. (laughs) You know? No, not one more thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, visual. Nope. it's a visual. Wonder what's happening on the snuggle bus right now. I can't really abandon the struggle bus. I can't no. get off the struggle bus, but maybe the snuggle bus is on could the same. Send some, could send oh, some supplies or maybe like the snuggle bus comes along. A few people get off, come in, give you some pampering, like you say, while you're on the struggle bus. Because we all need that. That might be a good point of reflection. Okay. For this week or for the next two weeks before our next episode. Yeah. Well, we're thinking that at the end of our podcast, we want to have like a takeaway from what we've Mm -hmm. chit-chatted about. What are you, I think that you're not stewing. What are you? Like, what is it when you're saute? No, not saute. (laughs) (laughs) Like brewing? (laughs) You're brewing. I like sauteing. (laughs) What are you sauteing in there? (laughs) I can tell you're sauteing. Some kind of a takeaway or reflection. <laughs> so what do you got? Giving it a nice braise. Yeah. Oh, a braise. Yeah. So maybe a point of reflection might be, what is going on with your struggle bus? What is the state of your struggle bus? Mm-hmm. And what do you need from the snuggle bus? Oh, yeah. I like it. That's great. That's our takeaway. Okay. We'll practice that in the next couple of weeks and see. Yeah what we come Just, back with. Right. Exactly. And see if it helps to get that help. Self-compassion. Because our whole lives, everything we stand for is self-love and self-compassion. So that sounds like one right there. A good yeah. one. What is the state of my struggle bus? Is it on a nice open road with plenty of snacks? <laughs> Does it have two flat tires? Is AAA right. ignoring our calls? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then what do we need from the snuggle bus? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? That's pretty sweet. I love it too. I'm excited. Okay. And then we talked about maybe ending with just a little breathing. I think it's a good idea. Just for the end, just we'll do some breathing and chill out. We're going to do some breathing and chill out. Okay. So... Maybe just take a second to feel the floor underneath us and notice that the 
the ground or the earth that's underneath me is the same earth or ground that's underneath you, that we are all held by the same earth. And taking one long exhale, releasing anything that you want to leave behind, any stress, tension. You know, you might still be on the struggle bus, but any stress or tension that you want to let go of, that you can let go of, just exhale it. And breathing in the sense of whatever you need most from this snuggle bus, blankets, tea, hugs, whatever it might be. And then breathing out one more time, releasing anything you want to let go of that you don't need to hold on to. Inhaling one more time, care, compassion, warmth, connection, friendship. And then maybe at this last exhale, Sherry, if we want to do like an audible sigh, you don't have to. But Sounds good to me. I love doing, I do them all the time. Okay. On the exhale, let it out. <sighs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Well, goodbye for now. And until next time. Until next time. 